I'm Stephen Gregory Smith, and Matt Connor is not here, but this is still The Connor and Smith Show! So why is it just me? Well, Matthew is busy in previews for Into the Woods, and I just wanted to get the next episode out on time. I waited for him to come home last night and was a little too tired to do intro-outros, and it sounded like it. So, trying to get it out before... I don't know when he'll be back. Um, Late nights at the theater prior to opening, you know how it goes. Today, we are talking to Carla Shook. Um, It was a pleasure catching up with her. You'll hear more about it after this break. We will be, and this is when Matt says, right back. Hello. Hi, Carla. <laughs> Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I, if you hear some weird snorting, one of our pugs is having like one of those inverted sneeze moments. We don't know what's happening. <laughs> we'll allow it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting here with my husband and co-host, Matt Connor. Hey, hey, uh, hey. 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 How's it going, Carla? Oh, things are good. How are you guys? Oh, God, who cares? <laughs> We've been sitting in our living room for two years. You know? Yeah. As you do. Could be worse, though, I guess. Where are you calling from? Or where I am are we in, calling you from? I am in Norwalk, Connecticut. Aha, uh-huh. so it's cold. Uh, it is cold. But I was in the, the Dominican Republic this weekend for my cousin's wedding. So oh, wow. I, I, I've gone from some extremes. <laughs> That's amazing. It was lovely. And, you know, a little random and crazy, too, that, you know, we flew to the Dominican Republic. But we it had a lovely like the, time. It felt like the before times, right? It did. Absolutely. Did you have to perform? I did not. Oh, no? good. I was a mere guest. Oh, those are the best. They are. <laughs> yeah. So Carla, um, it's been a minute um, since we've talked. Physically talked, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, happy birthday on Facebook and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> like, 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 yeah, you know. I mean, thank God for Facebook and that of that. You know, we're all still like sort of oddly connected to each other without you know making this contact but this contact is so nice so i'm so excited you guys are doing this yeah it's really been interesting to um just reconnect with folks and see like what the last 20 years has been for them um since that's how long it's been (laughs) since most people i know isn't that wild (laughs) yeah see which one of our friends have uh, flipped over to QAnon. no (laughs) I think we're probably safe. Well, <laughs> that's another podcast. Yeah. Flip, friends who have flipped. Yeah. <laughs> friends who will not be appearing on the show. Um, it's funny. I was talking about that subject with uh, a, another guest, Fitz Harris, offline. Mm-hmm. And he, w- I was like, yeah, I just can't allow certain beliefs to get on the podcast. He said, or that might be your best show ever. <laughs> And I said, yeah, we'll, we'll take a chance on no. 
Yeah, um, I don't think the world's ready for that. No, nor nor do we want to give it a microphone. But um, well, let's. What if we announce that Carla? Yeah. You and I. Uh, yeah. Are Q. Like Avenue Q? I'm into that. Yeah, and everyone just misread it. <laughs> Wait a minute. Do people like feel weird about doing Avenue Q now ever since QAnon? Totes. I wonder oh. if the Avenue Q people have like put in any QAnon jokes. Because they do rejudge that show every couple of years, depending on the president and whatever. Um, right. Anyway, that's that's another Let's podcast. Let's bring it back to Carla. Carla, are you from <laughs> the city you... No, I'm from upstate New York. So just about two hours north of the city. And um, now where I am in Norwalk, which is just kind of not too far from the border, it's home is still like just under two hours and I can get to the city in like about an hour. So, so you're, you're used to wearing gloves and a scarf most of the year. I am. And I, I've got gloves in every coat I own. <laughs> <laughs> so when, when you were growing up, in uh, upstate New York, um, as a young Beltris, uh, what what was like your uh, ring of keys moment, so to speak, of like, oh my gosh, I think I want to be in theater. You know, I I don't know of like a light bulb moment. I just really, honestly, know it as like it was always the plan. Mm-hmm. I um so my sister younger than me, and she's equally and in, um, involved in theater she just loves it so I mean you guys would like die for these but any you know back back in like the 70s and 80s when like VCRs were a hot ticket like my mom always had one and you know she'd spend $25 on like a blank VHS tape but anytime there was a um, any type of like a Broadway uh, celebration kind of clip show or something like that on, on TV she taped them so they just used to play in the house constantly. And we always listened to show tunes. And so I just was like immersed in it. And um, she put us in dance class when we were like, I was four, I guess. And then, um, but we, I just, you know, always sang too. So I started taking voice lessons when I was nine. We went to our first audition, I guess, when I was eight, I think. And, um, and it just, it literally was just always the plan. But, um, but ironically, like, I grew up watching, and it's all, like, little snippets of famous people, like, reliving their moments. Doesn't Celeste Holm walk across and sing a song from Bloomer Girl? So when it, it was announced that Shenandoah was doing Bloomer Girl, I was like, oh, my God, I know a song already. Didn't oh, get God. cast in the show, but I knew a song. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but, Bloomer Girl, that's come up a few times. Um, I can only imagine. <laughs> Um, not, but yeah, not in a well, a good light. But, but yeah. anyway, yeah. Uh, so so you were kind of just immersed in the showbiz world through uh, VHS tapes and other things, and uh, I see that you went to Ichabod Crane Senior High School. I sure did. And are you guys have like a Sleepy Hollow show, don't you? We do, and. It's funny, we took it to... Thank you for that plug. Yes, yes. <laughs> hey, anytime. We, we took it to Shenandoah in 2014, and right. then uh, we haven't done anything with it since, and we're actually dusting it off and redoing it, and it's 
happening this fall. So Ichabod, it popped out to me when I, <laughs> I saw in your about info, Ichabod Crane um, High School. We're toying around with the idea that it shouldn't be called The Legend of Sleepy Hollow because literally when you Google the title, like everything comes up. So we're thinking about like the legend of Ichabod Crane or Ichabod Crane, The Legend, the legend of Sleepy, Sleepy Hollow. Hollow. Yeah. Yeah. So we've been, you know, like drinking and doing those things where you cut out all the words and just look at them differently until you go insane and go, none of this makes sense. <laughs> what you okay. just described sounds like somebody cutting the words out of a magazine and sending like a hate letter. Totally. totally. <laughs> Absolutely. Like a ransom letter. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <gasps> what if the show looks like a ransom letter? It just makes it like creepier. Maybe it's from the Headless Horseman. Well, Ooh. He can read and write. Yeah, I mean, you, don't you need eyes? And well, anyway, he's, he's very crafty. But yeah, no, I went to Ichabod Crane, um, and our mascot was we were we were called the Riders, and like there's a picture in the auditorium, like a silhouette on one side, it's Ichabod on the horse, and the other side, it's the headless horseman. You know, That's... it's random. Yeah, and our like middle school, that the hallways are named like Washington Irving and. Mm. Don't remember what the other ones were. That was even longer ago. <laughs> that's that's amazing. I just had to kind of point that out. Um, Are there historical references to that area? I mean, I know I know that Ichabod's from Connecticut in the story, but this I, is yeah. in New York, right? Oh, this is yeah. New York. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's funny. It gets dicey a little bit because, like, you know, most people always think of Sleepy Hollow, and but we have it in Ichabod Crane's schoolhouse in a town in Kinderhook um, and but whether or not I, I to be honest I don't necessarily know if it's a, an actual location you know I don't I at this point I don't actually remember like why it's called that but right 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 well but. enough about the Sleepy Hollow yeah what 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 was your um, journey and picking SU as your school and have you done other schooling since then Oh, okay. Good question. Um, well, so I, I grew up right outside from um, pretty much very close to Mac Hayden Theater and spent my, the majority of my life there. And um, in 1996, Jason Wooten, another SU alum, um, was in the company and like we, you know, we were good friends and whatnot. And then that fall when I was at school, um, the music teacher pulled me and a friend of mine aside and he was like, Hi. you know, they have theater programs that you girls would love them. I'm flipping through them and lo and behold, don't I look at the Shenandoah one and there's a picture of Jason like sitting on the grass with a guitar or something. And so I'm just freaking out like I know a famous person is like how I felt. So I run to like the photocopier and copy it to take it home to be like, oh my God, look, Jason's on a flyer. But God bless my mom for like actually reading the information. <laughs> <laughs> I was like starstruck, I guess. And um, so, you know, we started looking at the school and um, I always had my heart set on Ithaca. It's so funny. Ithaca and like Juilliard were like the dream. And then oddly enough, I never even applied to either one. Like when, when all was said and done, I only apl I applied to Shenandoah and I applied to Elon College. Um, and, and I loved, I, at the time, I sort of liked them both equally. And Shenandoah was like half the distance from home than um, North Carolina was. And that was sort of like, you know, in a roundabout way, like what it came down to. And, you know, back then when, uh, you know, again, like my mom, she was so diligent and, you know, had one of those 
you know, books that were like four inches thick of like colleges with programs and stuff, you know, this before is back the in internet. The, I was just going to say, this is old school when, you know, we read books and like, you know, you wrote your actual applications, none of this like computer generated. I applied to 10 schools at once thing. Yeah. And um, they have apps for applicating, you know, it's, in, it's insane. So, um, so yeah, that's how, I mean, that's honestly like how I wound up there. And um, actually at the time, um, my aunt and cousins, they lived in um, Maryland. So we had come down and we went and actually looked at Catholic university and gum in my aunt, she was like, you're going to have like a feeling you're going to. And I was like, you are crazy woman. Like, you know, and I just kind of thought she was being nutty. And we walked around uh, campus at Catholic and I just was like, whatever. And then we drove over to Winchester and we walked in the campus and it was, it, I, to this day, it was like the strangest thing, but like, I felt it. I was like, I, I know what you mean now. I was like, I have these like warm fuzzies. Like there was something about it that I knew I didn't want to go to a big school. And I knew, um, like, I was a good student that, that, like, but I didn't want academics. I just wanted to sing and dance, you know, like, so I loved the fact that we were conservatory based purely just because I wanted to spend more time doing what we do versus other stuff. Um, so, yeah, yeah. the good, Goodson Chapel is so, is not nearly as intimidating as the Basilica. Exactly. Where you're sort of like, is this a university campus? You know, and when you have to like drive to get from point A to point B, you know, I loved that we were, we were so like enclosed in that space. It felt safe. It felt, um, for me, for me, it was absolutely the perfect fit. And um, so, it's, yeah. Yeah, it felt removed, it did because like the town was still lovely. Like you could still get to civilization like right there, like, you know, but when you were on the campus, you felt like you were in this like, you know, somewhat of a bubble, if you will, you know, but, um, but that the rest of the world was still like right there. Yeah. It was like literally like even passing over the little Creek was like a little like sleepy hollow. It was like a little barrier <laughs> of like, now we're going into our own Brigadoon. Yeah. Yes. Sometimes a goose was there and they wouldn't let you cross. Lots of geese, <laughs> lots of geese shit everywhere. Um, it's so funny. I can't remember who brought it up because, you know, I'm old now, but somebody said, oh, it was, it was the, the willow trees, you know, that did it. Yeah. And, no, and I, I feel the same way. Like I had that moment of like, oh my God, this is magical. There's like a little brook and willow trees. I'm in like. It was. And, and quite honestly, like I was there at a great time because we still had, like they were just finishing Rubish and Orstrom Bryant. So like we, we had a year of Armstrong, which was lovely, but a little tired, I think is fair to say. Yeah. And then we had the three years in like, actually like three and a half. Cause it kind of opened mid year of of the brand new space that was so beautiful and it was brand spanking new and like to to get to be there for that was really kind of fun and didn't it feel like it was like built for us yes absolutely i know so ridiculous to think but it was like we were the first ones there and it was like i don't know it was special it it was very special that's a perfect way to put it and i i loved like the layout of the space i loved the that everything kind of flowed together between the like scene shop and the, the rehearsal room to the stage, to the backstage, to the, you know, and then all the practice rooms and stuff. It just was a very, like, I loved the environment of being a musician in that building. Mm -hmm. So you get to Shenandoah 
what was the the first musical your freshman year? Um, the my freshman year, I was not cast. So that year was that was the um, that was Bloomer Girl and Take It Easy. Unbelievable that you weren't cast. I know they're unreal. <laughs> no, I ASM'd Raggedy Ann and Andy. Uh, that, that was my freshman year um yeah and then wow. so, sophomore year then was sweet charity and how to succeed oh my gosh so how to succeed was the fall yes and sweet charity was the spring and yes that was a that was a good year of shows um yeah i'm not a big sweet charity fan so eh. but you got the best line oh my god let's have some fun yeah <laughs> brought that on i don't know the katie's podcast and she talked about us going to the strip club yeah because yep. we had no sex appeal and so follow up to that we came back to rehearsal and i remember being in the hallway and i'm 99 sure it was daniel vitro that was like okay girls we can do this we're ready so we all like you know take our hair out of our ponytails and stuff so we all just look more like sexy i don't know west virginia sexy and we um no offense west virginia sorry that was yep, rude. Yep. west virginia strip club sexy and we um and i'm the last one on the line of girls and you know everybody's got their lines and then i i say let's have some fun and i don't know what came out of my mouth but it, the room like erupted in laughter and like everything fell apart and mr herman's like i don't know what's happening here and now ah, we got the greenwich witch over here and she was born there she was the Greenwich witch why did he call you that no clue but I'll remember it till the day I die but (laughs) I I will tell you now this this memory is now crystal clear it's almost like it's been released from whatever bank (laughs) because everyone was better like it was like oh and like each line you know the, the lines went down you know each next girl and then it got to Carla and you said, and you were the last one, right? I was. And you I, said, let's have some fun. It was like my voice <laughs> dropped and groveled. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if I meant to do that, if I just happened, um, but it wasn't sexy, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. Yeah. Is Mr. Herman the best judge of for, sexy? Of sexy? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, oh. You know. there you go. God bless his soul. <laughs> yeah. The Greenwich Witch. Yeah. There she I was. was also talking about... Is that um, like Greenwich? I, I don't know. It's it's redundant, uh, isn't it? <laughs> no. Um, I was talking to Katie about all, another debacle from that show, which was the, you, the wigs falling off. <gasps> yes. And if I remember correctly, I think we ended up wearing the wigs upside down. Yeah. Because they were, they had such like elaborate styles that they were weighted terribly and they kept sliding off our heads. So then somebody's idea was to put them on upside down and miraculously then they wouldn't fall off. If, you know, <laughs> there's, there's a little message board for our podcast called Discord and I'll put the link in the description of this podcast. But if, if you go on the Discord page right now, you'll see a photo of Katie and Carla with their wigs half on, half off. <laughs> Um, it was, and it was during the rich man's frug. So there's already some jerky motions in that dance naturally. Right. And with each jerk, the wig just kept toppling and it was, it was a magical night in the theater. 
It um, really was. I mean, the audience was audibly laughing. <laughs> I mean, um, what do you do in that moment? Like, you know, any of us have had that moment on stage when, like, you know, your dress is suddenly unzipped and you're, like, dancing with one hand because you're, like, holding it on and stuff. You know, the show must go on, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and that that brings us... To, uh, you. We did, uh, I guess... The oh my god! Then it was the playground. It was my fellow rose. Oh poppy. my god! I was the rose, and you were the poppy. I didn't know what I was other than embarrassed. <laughs> what I love about playground, um, so we all had solos in that one number, and I would uh, my line was, "I'm the f- I don't know why I remember this, but I do. I'm the very famous rose of Washington Square." And then your line was, I'm poppy and I'm famous everywhere. But I used to get so nervous and tongue-tied that I was going to say Washington Heights. But you were ready and you're like, if you do it, I'm going to say, I'm poppy and I look real good in tights. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sitting here going, I had lines in that show? (laughs) Isn't it amazing the things you remember? Like that has haunted me all these years. Washington Square or Washington Heights. I remember that... We were, we had a long couple of chunks where we weren't in that show at all. Correct. And I did not have time to have dinner one night. And I went home, cooked dinner and ate it and came back <laughs> before it was time to go back on the stage again. <laughs> and I think I called you or Katie at that pay phone. <laughs> totally. And was like, hey, I got to go eat. Uh, can, can I just check in where we are? <laughs> <laughs> so unprofessional um but you know i had to eat what are you gonna do as you do i could have just walked to sheets but i probably didn't have any money so um so the the playground it, for those who don't know and i i guess there could be some other su alum who were thankfully gone and did not um get to experience what playground was playground was a new musical written by bill backer is that right yes and he is the guy who wrote, I'd love to, I'd like like to, teach, to teach the, the world, world to sing. sing. And so therefore, um, and I think he lived in Middleburg. And I believe that he approached Shenandoah about doing his show. And I remember like the first rehearsal or something that he was there. And there was like a big to do because this was happening. And I will never forget Sue Robinson um leaning over to Hal Herman and saying we've made it this is the big time (gasps) stop it (laughs) yeah you would not forget that (laughs) yeah wonder why she said that well we had this was the thing that really pissed Uh, all of us off it was not only a bad show but it was our senior year and we had a very talented uh you know class and everybody was from New York they brought in all the characters from New York they got cheated out of – what's kind of weird is for us being such an, a great conservatory, we only did – we only did, like, four shows. You know, I know a lot of – like, ours was really, like, a real short experience. So for the people in your class that, like, got cheated out of the fall musical – and it was so weird because they would rehearse – like, they couldn't rehearse – 
during the day, I guess, because we were in school. So I remember them sort of being bored out of their minds because they were just like in a hotel room in Winchester. Like, what do we do here? And then, you know, we'd rehearse at night. And um, actually, crazy story. I, um, you know, skip 100 years in the future. I worked for Disney. And one of my stage managers at the... We just happened to get talking. And he's like, oh, my God, you went to Shenandoah? And I was like, yeah. And he was from Winchester. He was a little kid in playground. Oh, my God. Stop it. I was like, there's no way. Uh, And he's like, yep. That's right. There were kids in it. Oh, God. It's like, what are the odds? Talk about full circle. (laughs) I would have quickly said, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Well, he's a stage manager now. He left the business. (laughs) That's that's why. (laughs) There you Um, go. Yeah, I, I, I can't. Uh, you could have always done the bridesmaid trick uh, and like Kristen did in the plane and say, Oh, it's not me. It's not me. I'm Mrs. Inglacius. Yeah, yeah. I, I was not in Playground. I don't know what you're talking about. Playground? What, <laughs> what is um, this? And I can't, I'm not remembering this correctly. Evan I, Pappas. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yvonne. Yvonne Campbell. Lori something. Yep. And. The other guy whose name now escapes me. He had gone to Shenandoah. Yeah, Ugh. I don't. And yeah. everyone was animals? Yes. Well, you were a weasel. You were a flower. It was frog and toad, basically. Oh. Yeah, the wind in the willows stuff. And yeah. Bernadette Peters as Cody. <laughs> it was weird. You know, it didn't make it to the big time. But no. you can, there is a video of it. You can watch it at the Lincoln Center Library in New York City. You're kidding and, me. No, because Adolfo had seen it. So he and I went one day and we got like dirty looks from the library person because we were like stifling laughter of just like spellbound of what we were watching and like reliving it as like things would happen. And they did not like our snickering in the corner. Oh my God. Adolfo (laughs) was the honeybee. He was the honeybee. I just can't imagine Adolfo in a library. (laughs) He frequents that room a lot where you can watch the shows. <laughs> Just screaming and... How does Adolfo stifle his laughter? <laughs> Fair. That's really difficult for him. How does anyone when watching Playground, really? <laughs> anyone at all. Um, I can't recall this. And, mm-hmm. uh, but I, w- I was thinking back because Children of Eden was the spring musical. And I- Fitz was not in the spring musical. He was oh. in night music. Correct. But he wasn't in Children of Eden, and I cannot recall why that was other than he didn't want to be. He didn't He didn't want to be. He didn't audition because I think that blew their mind when all of a sudden, because I think they had it pegged that he was going to play God. And then yeah. all of a sudden he was like, no, dude, I'm not doing it. And and Ben wound up being lovely and wonderful, and it all worked out. But I, I remember that and kind of the scandal of what the do you mean? Scandal. Fitz isn't doing it, you know? The big scandal of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I would have asked him about that. I'm just recalling that now because I'm like, oh, right. Like, Fitz was like one of the like leading men of our class. So that was really shocking. Um, Absolutely. But good for him. Now that does, before we get to the Children of the Eden, the <laughs> night music, um, the little night music was still one of my favorite ones that we got to do in college. Katie and I were just talking about it. Yeah. Um, and and you got to play Petra. Mm-hmm. And all my lines got cut. What? <laughs> Do you remember that? 
every time because we since we did it like a staged version kind of you know we did like a truncated version but we like and they would just like cut things and it never comes my scene and Petra doesn't have a lot of lines to begin with you know whatever she got like an eight hour song but um and they we, I'd like stand up and he'd be like okay we're cutting from page one to page seven and I'd be like uh great and I'd sit back down <laughs> like literally every time and then there's a scene with her and Petra that like it gets a little like frisky with them because I just remember Katie and I because we were roommates in college for you know and um and really great friends so we just thought it was so funny that we had this like kind of flirty like frisky scene together as I'm like helping her get dressed or something I don't really remember um, tickling each other or something yeah something like that and the whole like three pages were cut and we oh, we looked at each other and I was like of course they're cut because I'm talking like yeah do you think Hal was afraid you would sound like the Greenwich Witch again? Oh, it's possible. There you go. All these years I've wondered why. It, there it scarred is. his, his <laughs> mental capacities. Um, I did not recall all the cuts made, but that makes sense. Um, uh, it doesn't make sense, actually, but it's whatever. It's like you paid for that rental property. You might as well use it. And just give use it all the pages. And it, yeah. Because it was always just like arbitrary. It'd be like half a page here, half a... Like it was not... With the exception of mine and Katie's scene that was like two or three pages like of a substantial scene, if you will, you know, but it always was just like, so I literally would just like appear and be like, the lemonade and leave. <laughs> and then I'd be like, the audience is like, who is this girl and why is she still singing by the time you get to the Miller's son? Why is this girl singing <laughs> like, for 10 minutes? Seriously, we haven't seen her for two hours and now she won't shut up. <laughs> oh my God, that's, that's so funny. <laughs> but that's. Probably considered. the perception of the audience, too, because it's like, yeah, you, you have to earn that song in you, your scenes. You do, because, you know, God bless Sondheim. He writes spectacular things. But sometimes, like, if you're not familiar with it, you are like, what is still going on? Like, why is this happening? So to, like, have this, like, non-entity of a character all of a sudden just keep singing and singing, you're like, mm, what? But, yes. That... So, so the, the gosh... So what did you end up doing in Children of Eden then? I can't even remember. I was part of the snake. Yes. And I was the Generations yep. soloist. Yes. Me and Aaron Galligan Searle. Oh my God, yes. The like whitest kids in town. We're like, <laughs> Opening we got act a story two. about the Bible. We're we going to riff about it. <laughs> oh, but it was so much fun. I mean, that show was a blast. The that snake. music is spectacular. Like everything about it is perfection so wow we redeemed ourselves that year who else was in the snake with you katie jason sharp Brittany letty Brittany duffy mm -hmm. and who was the fifth part of the snake oh was aaron aaron galligan Searle. he was the skinniest of the five of us <laughs> yes he was pretty sure <laughs> um there's a picture that uh was taken during sweet charity of me and Aaron and Damien that uh you're trying to make me smoke yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's a brilliant picture it's like my real life it's like no way get away from me but, but there's um... another picture of the three of us guys that we picked another because uh, I worked with Aaron years later um at the Kennedy yeah. Center and we tried to recreate that photo with another guy in the photo <laughs> that's amazing um, yeah, Aaron's going to be on the show. Uh, oh, awesome. 
I, I loved getting to work with him very briefly uh, at the Kennedy Center. We did one of those like gala concert things that's like stage it in a week, you yeah. know. And, oh, amazing. Yeah. You know, I used to, he and I both lived, I lived in Washington Heights. And I think he might have almost been in the Bronx, quite honestly. But um, I used to run into him on the train a lot. <laughs> We'd like look over and be like, hey you and lots of times like he had his daughter with her he was like taking her to school and stuff so um oddly enough I've run into him a decent amount in the last 10 years or so so what <laughs> happened um so Children of Eden happens I left uh and did not graduate uh what happened after I'm not I'm not this is not about me but like what happened your senior year like what were the shows what were the things going on uh I did Peggy Sawyer in 42nd Street. Of course. And right before it happened, I almost had an appendicitis. Oh <laughs> I my didn't. God. Turned out to not be that. But um, Mary Robert in jazz class was like, I think you have to go to the nurse. I think you're having an appendicitis. And I was like, what? And they were ready literally to like slice me open. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. Like, am I going to be okay soon? I was like, I have to tap dance. And they were like, you're not going to be able to walk for a couple weeks. And I was like, oh, no, 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 that won't work. <laughs> I was like, come on, I'm a senior. I'm finally the lead part. <laughs> you're going to cut me open. Um, but then the second doctor decided I did not need to be cut open. And I lived to tell the tale. But um, that was the fall. And then the spring, oh, the spring was HMS Pinafore. Oh, God. Which I did not audition for. Ah, I you took the fifth route. I did. Well, I remember, I can picture it. I remember going to his office and being like, hey, here's the thing. Like, I want a tour as soon as I graduate. And I know that the auditions are going to be in March. So um, I'm going to New York to audition. And it will mean that I like miss rehearsals and stuff. And it's, it's non-negotiable for me. And he's like, well, then maybe you shouldn't audition. And I was like, okay, like, that's, that's fair. I just, you know, and as it was, like, nobody, the few people that maybe did audition, nobody in my senior class, like, got cast in the show. It was the strangest thing. Because Katie was dancing with the dance department. Right. Yes, yes, yes. Like, yeah. and who wants to freaking do HMS Pinafore? Come on, Hal. Well, yeah, that's true, too, you know. Ugh. But... And and, and, you know, many years later, finding out that, oh, people do Gilbert and Sullivan because it's freaking free to do. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. Oh, you know, so mad. It, de it definitely didn't match our tuition. Exactly. <laughs> that is correct. Um, so so you auditioned for uh, what was that? Was it for Disney Cruise Lines? No, that was like um, my ne my network's tenure, if you will. Okay. So I did, and I got cast in the first non-act, you know, national tour of Ragtime. Oh, so nice. I did that, that first fall out of college, and um, did Ragtime for the year, then like went and did Summer Stock, and then the following August did the national tour of Cinderella, the Rodgers and Hammerstein, and did that, then um, did Summer Stock. And then was for the first time was like unemployed that fall. And I was like devastated. Like, you know, it's like most people like graduate and are kind of unemployed for a year. So I just did it a little out of order. Um, and then like Christmas time, um, networks called me and wanted me to come out as a replacement on the Kiss Me Kate tour. So I joined that and did um, and f did that for like the whole spring. And okay. Yeah. So, so what was the... Um... I mean, this is a lot of years to fill in. We don't have to go. Then, then I did this show. Then I did this show, because um, I'm sure that's thrilling. 
Uh, I'm thrilled, but you know. Um, so you you eventually get to the cruise lines, right? Yes, but I actually didn't do the cruise lines till just very recently. Well, I say that now it's still seven years ago, 2014 and 2015. Okay. And, and what was that? Is there something in between that you happened? Did you, uh, um, is there any other highlights of things you want to talk about between before we get to the cruise line? Yes, actually, yes. So skip, skip ahead some years and I did, um, the national tour of Irving Berlin's I Love a Piano mm-hmm. and um, a show that became like so near and dear to my heart. And I, um, I was hired as the swing. And then there was one morning we were doing a, like a run through of like the, the end of the show and the girl was late and like the other swing was like, you're going to do it. I was like, she's going to walk in that door. Come on. And sure enough, she didn't. So they were like, okay, you're up. And like, you know, you know, like, I don't want to sell myself short like I work hard I put the work in whatever but you know there are those days in theater when like the stars just align and like some somebody's on your side and miraculously that was like the day that it was all like the Ethel Merman stuff it was it like I firmly believe she is my spirit animal mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it just was stuff that like was already like in my wheelhouse um so needless to say they were impressed and by the time we opened the part was mine and they'd let her go and um, so that's the truncated version of that. But then skip ahead a handful of a couple years and they um, called me out of the blue. They were put, taking the show to tour in Japan and wanted me to reprise my role. So I just happened to like crack a joke. I was like, oh, my God, my sister would go in a minute. I was like, she'll do wardrobe. And they were like, well, we're looking for swings. And I was like, great. So she sent her stuff and she went. So it was amazing, too, because she got to do the process with me. Um, so we did it in Japan for five weeks and I had the most amazing rock star moment that I will probably never have again in my life. And, um, so it's all urban. I mean, act one ends with God bless America and like victory over Japan. I and they would still applaud. We're like, do they know what just happened? No. Wow. And, um, the show was all in English. What, when we, the little bit of dialogue had subtitles, subtitles, um, in Japanese audiences, I don't know if you're familiar, they're so polite. And then, you know, and it, it's like mediocre applause, if you will. And the show played so well in the States. Like it, it's, it's very, um, it's, you, you guys would love the show just as a, it's a like old school waka waka, you know, it, it lands well as like a comedic piece, but it's got some really nice moments too and whatever. So to be in Japan and to be like silent, but then, opening night curtain call happened and they lose their minds. They like are just obsessed with it. So we bow and we bow and we bow. And then finally we leave and we're in the dressing room and, um, and all of a sudden somebody comes running in and is like, you guys have to go back out there. And we're like, what? And they're like, just go. So like my dress is like around my ankles. I pull it back up. Another girl, because of like quick changes, had like left her dress in the wings. So she puts on a different costume. And then a guy comes out like in his jeans. He was like fully dressed. And um, and we bow for like another seven minutes. And my sister's in the wings watching this, like, what is happening? <laughs> and we're on stage looking at each other, like, what is happening? So from that point on, um, we did autographs after the shows and they would like escort us out and they'd be patiently waiting in like a single file line. It was like a book signing, like they'd work their way like down the table. It was so like civilized and organized. And um, and I just remember like, you know, in their broken English and so like I, I remember a woman looking at me and just saying, you moved me. And like, isn't that why we do this? 
Mm-hmm. You know, like it really, and, and you can get caught up in the, you know, not making a lot of money or not having insurance and <laughs> all of the, the negatives about it, I guess. Um, but when you like have those moments where you, you, you know that you've affected somebody with like, you know, these spectacular gifts that for whatever reason, like we've been given to like share with the world. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, I will never forget it. It will like, my mom's always like, you really need to like write it down. And I really should like the entire experience, like, cause I want to remember it in 40 more years and to like relive it all of just like what an amazing experience it was that just literally came out of nowhere. Wow. Well, and also to have that experience, like, in some place that's not even your home country. Absolutely. Well, and that, you know, and that was part of, too, why, like, it was just so, how music is just so universal, you know, that, like, we were singing these very American songs, ultimately. It's, you know, Berlin, and um, and that it could have such an effect on them. It was really was spectacular. And if you did the show... Um, in Pennsylvania, they would ask for your autograph and say, um, "Are you in Hamilton? Uh, are <laughs> you in? Wi- se- are you can in I Wicked? get a selfie? <laughs> right? I like, know. Oh, I just did the show. That's great already. <laughs> you know, truth. Um, so, so what? Uh, before, are we ready to hop to the exploring the sea with musical theater? Sure. What is um, cruise life is a very like specific um, thing. It, it's not like doing a show, you know, in any other capacity. Is that something that appealed to you? Do you love the cruise life or is it kind of what, what's your take? Um, I have such different feelings about it, I guess. It was it, I will say it was never a job I knew I wanted but it turned out to be just the job I needed at the time. Um, I'm a huge Disney fan. So like love the brand, love the universe Um, and getting to work for them, like the production value. I just, I remember my sister being like, you've never worked on such a, uh, the, the, um, the quality of the special effects and the lifts in the stage and the pyro and like, and I was like, God, you're right. And like, we're doing this in the middle of the ocean for crying out loud. Like, it's fascinating. And then, um, so the performing aspect, loved every second of it. And I had like interesting tracks as like, as an older girl, um, but loved it. You know, like it, it, I've outgrown a princess, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, but had the best time, made some like spectacular friends and, you know, and as a performer, we were treated really well. Like we could be anywhere on the ship. We, you know, um, so I'd spend my day like sitting outside with an iced coffee, reading a book. And then I'd be like, oh, time to go do the show. You know, it, it, but all along with that, though, it is a very interesting lifestyle, though, because you do, even though you're free to get off in port, you're free, you know, you're free on the ship. You do still sort of feel like chained to the ship a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm very family oriented. So like being away for long chunks of time. Hello? Carla, you still there? For Disney. And then weeks off and then did a whole other nine months. Could you, uh, are you still there, ships? Carla? Oh, yeah, sorry. Did you lose me? 
Oh, hello. Yeah, I lost. You cut out oh, after you said family. I'm. I'm very family oriented. So can you oh. repeat that? Um. Yes. Um. So I am a very family oriented person. So being away for like long chunks of time as I get older is not as enticing to me. Sure. You know, I kind of want to be accessible and get to like do things with my family and whatnot. And um, so there's aspects of that, like with the cruise life that, you know, you're a little like trapped, Um, but they treat you really well. And like I said, like the show quality was spectacular and then, and then we had to do a very minimal work with like the guests, but I like ate that part up because it was, it was again, like seeing how, you know, people meet Anna and Elsa for the first time and it like changing their lives and they're having this like religious experience, you know, and to kind of like be the one holding their camera, <laughs> you know, like taking part in that to me, I enjoyed. Um, and I did a full nine months and then I had two weeks off and then I did another full nine months and then they offered me two different ships. And I was like, I was like, my sister's getting married. I was like, I'm tired. I was like, I, I love that you love me, but I have to say no. And then like six months later, they called me out as a replacement. So I went out just for like a month to um, do it again. So I would do that in a heartbeat. <laughs> that, where, did you pick, where did you pick up the boat when you went out to replace somebody? Um, that ship only did um, Port Canaveral to Nassau and back. So my, my second contract was like boring, if you will, oh, just because it only went um, Port Canaveral, Nassau and back. My first one was out of Alaska. So that was incredible too. Like I spent the summer in Alaska and, um, and then we came through the Panama Canal and did like parts of Mexico and Key West. So, you know. Wow. No, I have been, it had, you know, I have to say I have been very lucky in this career to, um, I've performed in every state except Hawaii, still on the bucket list. Wow. Um, you know, and like I've traveled to Japan, I've traveled to a lot of Canada and performed. I've, you know, like gotten to see all these places on a ship. Like I really like getting to do that on somebody else's dime is, is great, obviously, but you know, getting to do it and then like perform in all these places. And um, yeah, I'm, I just, I, I know that I'm very lucky for that. I appreciate that. And it must give you such a great perspective on your place in the world when you have seen somewhat uh, a hunk of it to know uh, that there's so much, there's so many different um, ideas and things out there. Absolutely. I mean, I, we were opening ragtime on 9-11. Um, obviously, we didn't. Um, they canceled the show that night. I was in Savannah, Georgia. And um, we all went to the theater. Like, they called us there. And, you know, we talked and we cried. And, and they told us, you know, they thought we should do, like, a dress rehearsal because they thought it was sort of, like, cathartic to, like, you know, do what we do. But if anybody couldn't, they respected that. But everybody stayed. Everybody did it. Um, and then we opened the following night. And I have to say, like, then to, like, go across the country in, you know, in the, the days and months after that and see the, you know, you know, pulling into, you know, little small towns and looking out the bus window and seeing flags in people's yards and yellow ribbons and stuff. And then, like, the amount of um, just, like, sort of that, like, American dream feel of ragtime, too. Like, it was just a very poignant way to spend that year of my life. Um, that again, like I, I will never forget. You could almost, uh, your mother saying you should write a book about Japan. 
you could almost do a one chapter entry on every single state except for Hawaii, which clearly it must be coming. <laughs> and then have all these other worldly things about, I mean, it could be as small and as detailed as whatever of your take of those places through your eyes as a performer doing that show. That's actually an interesting idea. But you know what's crazy though? Like on a non-act tour, you know, there's there are some like states and cities that like are a blur. And I, I remember the hotel. <laughs> I, I don't remember the theater. I do but, because but I remember that, we <laughs> To me, that's a great like uh, chapter that says, you know, Arkansas, totally don't remember a thing. I think the hotel might have been nice and I, I got sick. Next chapter. <laughs> <laughs> there's humor in that, actually. I'm kind of digging that. Yeah, I mean, because that would give me the 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 little um, I would get an an image of what it would be like to even to remember all those things, and, re and clearly remembering some of them would be half of them might be for kind of forgotten about. That's so Anyways, true. I think I'm just a producer here. Yeah, we're good at it. I'll give you a share of my um, profits. So, so Katie, if you do, I'm still paying Shenandoah for um, HMS <laughs> pinafore. Um, so Carla, the, the, the pandemic hit us two years ago. It's hard to believe. What, what have you done over the past two years um, to just kind of get through? What's been your, your thing? You know, so the like year, year and a half pre-pandemic, um, I've had a long-term temp job for years at an advertising agency in New York. And um and I used to, I remember the first time I was like, hey, I'm leaving for the summer. And they were like, well, will you come back? And I was like, wait, really? You'll get a temp for a temp? Sure. Um, so that over the course of like the last decade had morphed finally into like a full-time job that they offered me. And it literally like just sort of fell in my lap. And I was like, you know what? Like, why don't you just like stay here in the city, like take some classes, do some like stuff like that. Um, so that being said, I was like, I did a couple of readings and, um, and I was doing this job when the pandemic hit. So, you know, knock on wood, miraculously, I've still been like gainfully employed and able to work from home. So for me, like my family, like did well, like, you know, we all stayed healthy and we kind of fled the city. My sister is married and has two little kids now. Um, so I liked being like around them. And um, we fled to my folks' house for like eight months or so and just sort of set up shop there. And then um, by the end of that, decided to move to Connecticut. My sister, they bought a house and they, we live like 10 minutes from each other. Um, and it's in such a breath of like fresh air to have actual fresh air. But, um, you know, like more space and greenery and all of that. So kind of miraculously for me, like a lot of positives came out of it. And... Um, one of the readings that I was working on is this a new musical called In the Light, um, written by Michael Mott. And um, I did, I did a, a concert in New York and I did a, oh, a table read. I did a producer workshop. And then this past year in the pandemic, they recorded a, a CD and um, there were six of us, three girls and three guys that went to New York and recorded um, some ensemble tracks. So it was in contention for a Grammy nomination. It didn't get enough votes, which quite honestly would have blown my mind. But um, 
but like I'm on a legit CD and it stars Jeremy Jordan. Like it's really like, I, I love it. Like I really, I, it's so it's, it's, it's just been amazing to sort of like be a part of the journey and um, who knows where it will go. Obviously like it's, you know, you guys how, know how that works of all the, like people have no idea the steps involved to get a show from, you know, creation to Hamilton, you know? Yeah. They had no idea the unnoticed and in, invisible historic moments. No, none at all. And, you know, and I'm just, one of my dearest friends in the world um, has been music directing it. And so he got my foot in the door two years ago and it's just worked. It's just been great to kind of see like the changes of it and to get to keep singing it and stuff. And then I got to be on the CD. So, um, and we did that in a pandemic. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. That's so exciting. It is, you know? And so I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm doing that if you will. And like, just kind of singing for myself. And like I started recording, um, I'm not, I'm not big on the social media and like, I'm not good at like plugging myself. I need to get better about it because like, I do think that's how the world works now. But, um, I started like recording myself in my kitchen when I was still in New York. Um, and just like singing, you know, singing a song and like putting it on my Instagram. Um, and I need, I keep needing to like get back into it. I was like, I have a much nicer kitchen now. <laughs> my backdrop would be better. But, um, but really like just doing it for me, not doing it, you know, hoping it was going to get seen for an audition or something, you know, but let her like, just like, I, I, I don't want to make it sound like I've lost the joy of performing because that is not the case, but like, it's nice sometimes just to like do it for you, you know? Well, when, when you're, when you're, when you're, when you're in the wing or when you're on the stage and people are applauding you can have a humbleness about you that makes it feel like, oh, really? All for me? Even if you, whether it's genuine or not, you can still be like, oh my God, thank you so much. But when you're like on your phone making a video, it changes your entire psyche. Like you're looking for that. Um, it, it, yes, it, I, it, it places I your it, ego a little bit. It's very strange. It, it is. It's a, it's a unique like... <laughs> um formula you know of doing it and and I will say I've been like removed from like I haven't really done the like just sort of like just kind of been of like having like a peaceful life and like wh what I will say is like before I left New York um and before I really sort of like settled into this other job that I've come to actually really like um the I'm getting seen for the the Mama Roses and the the Mama Mia girls, and and all these parts that on paper I'm possibly older than, but for some reason I've been graced with some like baby face. So I'd be in a room with you know 50 year olds who looked 40, and I look like a child next to them. So I do believe that like in another five or ten years, like those things are going to happen for me. Like that door will open. So I'm a little kind of like treading water a little bit of like, I'm not an ingenue. I'm way too old, but I'm too young for like the mom roles, like physically and whatnot. So I'm kind of like treading. And like, that's, so that's okay. That's, that's your next cabaret title. Treading water. It's all about stories. From treading the water. <laughs> oh, look at you two. You're quick. We are quick. I was but. even thinking of the, of the book being called Shook All Over the World. Ooh. Ooh. 
<laughs> I'm shook. I am. Who knew it's like a slang now? I know. That's what I'm saying. I, I'm you down know? with what the, the kids are saying these days. Yeah, I have a TikTok page. Oh, yeah. for my puppies. Graduated yep. to that, yeah. Uh, so, Carla, I'm mindful of your time. I just want to ask a few, like, wrap up things. If uh, in this, like, past year or two, are, have there been things that you have binged on any streaming thing that you would like to recommend to others? Oh, gosh. Um, you know what? Like, I'm, I'm not a big binger. I am like, I love network TV. So I'm like, I watch TV constantly, but I'm like just the regular ABC, CBS, NBC. Um, I'm not so much into the, the streaming services, but I do love the Hallmark channel. I give them a lot of my time. If you just that need to feel. Not <laughs> shocking at all. <laughs> I know. If you need to just feel good, you should watch a Hallmark movie. Um, all right. Any books that you have read that you can recommend oh, recently? God. This is hard. Um, you know what? I'm actually, I've, I've come to like get into political books, mm-hmm. which is like wacky. I've read a lot of like the Bob Woodward books and, yeah. um, I gotta be honest, the ones about Trump are like, they're fascinating. You can't put them down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Without getting political, they, they, they read like a science fiction sometimes. So I, I lose track of like which ones I've read. My brother-in-law has like a big like library of them. So we're always like exchanging of like who's reading what. But um, yeah. God, there's going to be so many movies and plays. There's going to be so, <laughs> so many. many. So many. Oh my gosh. Just, just amazing to even think about. Well, what's interesting in our home, and of course this is everywhere, is by the time I go to bed at night and sort of scan the news on my phone, when the paper comes in the morning, I've already seen all the headlines unless something breaks in the middle of the night, but like all the stories are like, oh, I've already seen that. I've already seen that. It's the same thing for me. I watch it at night and then I watch it first thing in the morning and I'm like, well, it's the same stories again and again, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Well, Carla, we thank you for catching up with us. We love you very much. Love to uh, Connecticut and all of the cold states. <laughs> um, it was so nice to talk to you guys. Like, yes. I'll see your faces one of these days. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, you have my phone number. Don't be a stranger. Text me. Um, call like. me. Whatever. Uh, I'm not a stranger to the rain. Oh, oh, look at that. That was Samantha Rotella. Come on, Sam. Yes, yes it was. Do you? Uh, hey, Steve, do you remember when you and I sang in that voice divisional and we sang The Girl Gets Around from Footloose? Oh, my God. <laughs> I had totally forgotten that. <laughs> and, like, we were making, like, heads explode. Of like <laughs> the very like classical voice teachers in the room. Yeah. Oh my god, I totally forgot that. Yep, I was in like a mini skirt and like a tight top. Yep. But that was uh, see, <laughs> I kept trying to say to my voice teachers, and I had a wonderful <laughs> voice teacher, Erin Hauger, um, and she got it, man. She understood. I was like, I understand that you wanted to. <laughs> Start us with classical training. I have had that for years now. I this is the kind of stuff I need to be singing because the second I leave here, this is what I'm, they're going to ask me to sing. 
And absolutely, like, I've got to start doing this stuff and getting it under my belt. So moments like that of like, which seems so stupid now, like I'm sure it would not turn any heads. It's an 80s song for God's sake. <laughs> um, and you're about to start up your own contus choir here in Arlington. Oh, I, I am. Yes. Oh, good. Can't wait for that. Noted. <laughs> no, it's, it was. Around? Yeah, I was in contus my freshman year. With um, Dr. Keating. Didn't she was it direct it? She wasn't a doctor back then, but I'm pretty sure she taught it or conducted it, not taught it. I'm thinking of the older guy, uh, Dr. Lassiter. Was it Lassiter? One lolly, two lolly. One lolly, two lolly. <gasps> he did. Did he do the Shenandoah chorus? Was that Maybe. The, the mixed chorus? Yeah, he didn't. He definitely didn't do Cantus. I Paul remember Tews. being in choir once with the Shenandoah chorus that toured Europe with um, Robert Schaefer. And one time he threw a chair across the room <laughs> and said, God has perfect pitch. <laughs> and there was something about that that made me feel like that was so awesome and also like really scary at the same time. I was like, yes, I truly believe in this and I don't know if I want to be here. I can see that. <laughs> God has perfect, perfect pitch. pitch. <laughs> <laughs> God. It was, yeah. Anyway. All right, Carla, I I'll, love you. We will talk to you soon and thank you for joining us. You are so welcome. Love you guys. Love you. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much, Carla. It was so great catching up with you. We love you. We miss you. We're glad all is well with you. Um, and yeah. Again, here I am solo, but um, Matthew will be uh, opening Into the Woods tomorrow at Creative Cauldron, creativecauldron.org. If you're interested, it's in Falls Church, Virginia. It looks really freaking cool, um, and he has turned the show on its ear in ways I've never seen done. So very excited for him and for, um, yeah, the whole thing. So if you want to know more about us, visit www.countersmithmusicals.com. That's Connor with an E-R. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok under Connor and Smith again with an E-R. Please write, review, subscribe to this podcast, do all the things, post it, share it, all that. Check out the Discord. Uh, the link to the Discord will be in the description of this. Check out the Spotify playlist, Late 90s Music all of those things um all of these interviews have been done prior to his uh crazy schedule of into the woods and we're going to be doing more shenandoah alum um now that the show is opening so there'll be many more guests coming your way uh so thanks so much for listening we appreciate you and we will uh hit you back next week bye